All right. Bum, 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 bum. All right. It is, it is the most fortuitous uh, cat-based technical error since Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber's cat erased the entirety of the sequel to uh, Phantom of the Opera that he wrote. Yeah, that was probably for the best. I mean, the problem is he then rewrote it anyway, even though that cat was clearly trying to tell him something. <laughs> yeah, because that sequel's yeah, we're, not good. Please, cat, stop rubbing up against my microphone. It's it's not ideal, buddy. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen, and I'm rejecting your meteors. And I am Mark Markery. No, wait, I'm David. (laughs) And I'll form the head, because today we are combining and conquering for Combine and Conquer. (laughs) Yay! We have remembered that there was a meta plot going on, and we are going to get that addressed. It has been on the back burner for the last few episodes, but now it it is on the front burner, and baby, it is bubbling over. It yeah. is somebody needs. They noticed they needed to go in and stir it, so they're like, "Oh, wait! Here, here we go! Here we go! We're paying attention to the meta plot now." Does it? Does anyone ever really use the burner other than the right front? Uh, in I fact, the uh, left front. Oh, in fact, today I had to use three because I was uh, making something, and then I was making some 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 pasta for it. Oh, gee, I I only ever use right front. Occasionally, I use back front. Uh, back right if I have to cook two things. Left My... left is where other pans sit. So I have an electric stove and my right front is like big. Mm. Oh, so I only us. use mm. the right front if I'm like boiling a gallon of water for kombucha or something. Ah. Right, well, I got or gas. like I'm using the big frying pan to brown some meat. Mm. All right, so so yeah, this uh, this is the sixtieth episode of Robots in Disguise in Total. It is the fifteenth episode of season three, and it is the basically the beginning, the uh, first part of a two-parter that will end this this portion of the overarching plot. Yes, we've got. Some well, it's kind of the plot maintenance to do. Getting to the end. Well, there's a whole other story arc after this. Well, yes, but but like this is kind of leading toward what what would be a mid-season thing, but since we already had a mid-season thing since this season started out with a short six-episode season that Hasbro seems to consider its own season, it's like this, this might as well, we're leading to the season finale, and then we'll start season five for a couple are, of episodes. Are they doing like Cyberverse where they just didn't seem to actually have any idea of where their seasons began or ended? I, I think I they've think got slightly more clue here, but maybe yeah. not that much. It's clear where they're going and doing arcs of that are shorter. It's just that it's like this season isn't one big story arc, it's three, kind of. Right. With occasional diversions for strong arm to be extremely gay. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, that that was off topic. So yeah, this was written by Guy Tubes, frequent uh, Robots in Disguise writer. This is his last episode. We was previously seen in these parts uh, writing Defrosted. Hmm. Tubes. Much like the internet, it's... he is a series of tubes. <laughs> Maybe it's Gee Tobes? It's entirely possible. Mm, I'm going to say no. Hmm. And we open the episode with both Bumblebee and Motormaster unhappy with their teams because they totally suck ass. <laughs> Yes, because they're they're cross talking something. They're they're both basically having the same conversation to their individual teams. It's just cutting between them. Yes, which that, that is that is like a visual storytelling movie thing. I love. Yes, it's pretty fun. So you know they, uh, you know obviously the motor. Motormaster wants the Stunticons to conquer the Earth, which they are not even close to doing. <laughs> they are failing miserably. He just, I mean, he just wants them to conquer the roads. Yes. Listen, I, I'm a man of means by no means. <laughs> I'm king of the road. <laughs> yes. He's trying to be. And Bumblebee is annoyed that, like, 
these five idiots have gotten over on us. They only got one MacGuffin item thingy. He does point out that they have fought some pretty significant uh, villains in their time on Earth here. Yes. Yeah, and these guys suck way worse. Like, we, we fought the robot. We fought Robot Judas. <laughs> yeah. In, the- like... Again, sort of like uh, Prime, where they kind of front-loaded the threat, and now yes. they've got to deal with everything else. But Bumblebee says that Motormaster is not even strong, or he's not even Steeljaw. No. Not is- even a Steeljaw-level threat. No. Listen, is he, he is not, he isn't half as sexy as Steeljaw. He's no. he's not. He's kind of a good Motormaster design, but yeah, he's, he's-, he's not sexy at all. No. He's he's a good motormaster. Unless you just like him big. But yeah, he's not. I mean, some people do. <laughs> some people do just like them big. Large daddy. <laughs> so yeah, good enough is not good enough. So Bumblebee is just going to... He's going to micromanage each and every decision they make. Yeah, as this episode goes on. Oh, at, at, at the beginning of this episode, Fix It says a slur. Wait, no, he says slur thing. Yes. I rewound it to, to, like, he's mispronouncing, as as he usually does, sir. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things he says is slur, which felt a little odd. He's a good guy. He's a good kid. I mean, yes, but, like, there there are others, like, words that you could have picked. Well, I mean, it's not as in, you know, not as in, like, like, he's keeping in, like, slurring his words. Yeah, Yeah, which... He kind of does, but yes, exactly. It was it, it just felt like an odd choice of of his um, mannerisms to be mm-hmm. implemented. But yes, uh, B is being a dictator. Yes, I do appreciate that Bumblebee occasionally just gets these little fixations, mm-hmm. like when he decided the episode where he decided that he needed to sound more like Optimus Prime. And now he's decided that the problem is just that he's not micromanaging enough. And it's, it's relatable. It's relatable. Yes. He just decides for an episode that he needs to do things a particular way. His character quirk is he keeps trying new quirks. Yes. It's like his old quirk used to be, oh, I can't talk. Yes. And now that he can talk again for this entire series, it's like... I gotta run through a whole bunch of quirks. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. He's got to catch up. He's got, like, a whole previous series worth of catching up to do. Mm. So, you know, they, they go out on a, uh, on a on a training ride. Uh, you know, Grimlock is sort of, you know, he's on the back of a trailer under a tarp. He's got to be there. They're watching from the rear, which means that he must have total focus, which is a great combination with Grimlock. Yeah, it's uh, this... I mean, I love also, Grimlock, but he gets shafted in so many episodes in the series, especially now I liked, with the third season. I, I greatly appreciated when Bumblebee was just sort of pacing sternly. Uh, also, Fix-It was following him back and forth, looking very stern as well. Yes. He's a good boy. And she was also the only one who was excited to uh, go on a hundred-mile training ride. Now, strong arm is is very excited to go on a hundred mile yes. training arm. <laughs> he says, "Discipline is our new watchword," and strong arm goes, "Yes." <laughs> She's so excited about this new approach to leadership. What we're saying here is that strong arm may be large, but she is a bottom. <laughs> Oh, and it is strong. We kick off the next phase of our plot because she's intercepted a CB transmission from a trucker. <gasps> wow! Yes. I mean, a do truckers still use CB radios? And B is Strongarm active on CB radio, and does she have her own handle? Oh, that do they still <gasps> use CB radios? I would imagine maybe. I would so. think so because there are a lot of places where, like satellites. Yeah. Is it gonna cut it? Like, as someone who has driven through 
the Appalachian Mountains I mean, trying to listen to XM radio. Uh, there are spots where even that doesn't cut it. Unless they did a funky thing like they did with, like, normal TV with antenna. I don't think it should still be working. Now, for, for any of our listeners under the age of, I'm going to say, 50, uh, <laughs> there was 40. a real craze for CB radio in the 70s. Yes. Yes, that was a whole thing. Uh, look up the novelty song Convoy, which was yes. uh, briefly a big hit. There was like there were a ton of trucker movies and like mm-hmm. Smokey and the Bandit, mm-hmm. and the movie Convoy. Um, a somewhat later addition to that, of course, was the uh, Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling trucker epic Over the Top, which starred the <laughs> uh, the kid who played Daniel in uh, G One as his son. Yeah. Oh man, I should uh, watch that. Except. No, I shouldn't watch that. I mean, I've got other things to do with my life. I mean, it's like an hour and a half. You, they're worse things to watch. It's, I honestly, with the the way his truck looks, it's kind of like Ginrai the movie. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, I, I got CB radio. Like it, it started to die off with mobile phones and internet and shit. Mm. But it's apparently peaked back up because yeah. no one was using it for a while. It's like, well, it's still there. It works. And of course, there was also a. Uh, it also made it into the world of comics, in which the truck driving hero yes. U- uh, US One uh, had a metal plate in his head that could receive uh, CB transmissions. I put one dollar stickers on so many issues of that. This has like a. It's like a Sinkovich cover or something on the first issue. Oh yeah, I like mean, it's way so did better Transformers. Than, yes. In fact, I think US One's truck has like a cameo in an early Transformers issue. Probably. Probably. And it's come back a couple times. Well, I think it vaguely came back or the main character came back, but then it's like it showed up in space in some weird comic. In uh, Sensational like, She-Hulk. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like something Jonathan Hickman would do. <laughs> it was John that Byrne, sounds... in fact. Oh. Oh. Uh, but like it, like it was huge. Like, the, like Betty Ford, who was at the time the first lady used uh, CB radio. <laughs> Her handle was First Mama. <laughs> oh, th- oh, that's a good handle. So I- I'm just trying to think of what strong arms CB handle would be. I mean, it could just be strong, strong arms. This is true. Nobody would know it wasn't her real name. Yeah, maybe she doesn't like... I mean, she might not immediately connect the idea that the names that these truckers are providing, that their their handles are not like their actual names, because their handles probably sound kind of like Cybertronian names. Yeah. Yes, although, of course, she could never betray that she's, in fact, a Smokey or police officer. <laughs> <gasps> this is true. She's got to be on the down low. But, uh, yeah, people were, like... People were crazy for CB radio at the time. It was a whole thing. Long, long ago. Not when this was airing, though. No. No. In the old days. Anyway. Yeah, so so this trucker is in trouble, and uh, it sounds like maybe he was attacked by the Stunticons. Hmm. He's got big Stunticon vibes. Yeah. Well, and, and then, like, they described, like, five vehicles ran him off the road. Yes. And so Fixit is still trying to make the, the combiner gizmo work, but instead his plasmodic capacitor explodes. So now it's all broken. But hey, Denny, sure. you know, if there's one thing he's good at, it's finding random crap to put yeah. in machines. Jim will fix Yay! it. Although the, the plasmodic, what's his thing, kind of looks like the UFO at the end of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, it does. I like how Denny is like, on Earth, we call this a challenge. And Fixus says, that's what we call it on Cybertron 2, Denny Clay. <laughs> I just, I love Fixit so much. <laughs> so, you know, then Bumblebee is still, they, they find this truck, it's, it's in trouble, Drift is coming in to help, and Bumblebee is a real dick, and uh, just orders him very harshly to stay back, and Drift is unaccustomed to this, uh, to being spoken to in this manner. Uh, to which his minicons reply, uh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good joke. <laughs> that was pretty good. But also, yeah, like, Drift is 
an adult in a way yes. that the others are not, and he no. is definitely not here for Bumblebee to be talking to him like that. Listen, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> no. You, Bumblebee, you are not my supervisor. No. Bumblebee is not the boss of him. Yeah, so, uh, so via Bumblebee's extremely detailed instructions, they do get this truck back in the road, and nobody catches on fire. Hmm. Miraculously, and so they uh, and so they follow the uh, they follow the tire treads to where the stunticons are hiding out. Well, kind of like it. It felt like the, the the trailer that was run off the road should have been an ambush, but these stunticons are so dumb they can't even put that together. Well, they're they're leading them into a trap where the battleground I mean, is more favorable for them. Question mark. But mm. also, the Autobots are they're like. This is a trap. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Like they are not questioning whether this is a trap. So, yes. good job, good job, Stunticons, making an extremely obvious trap. <laughs> yeah, Stunticons. You know they're bickering. Uh, heat Seeker and Slash Mark combined into Heat Mark. Sure, mm. that's a name. It's it's a mark from Heat. So like uh, a brand. It's a brand. Yes. Well, it's that or Slash Seeker, which, like, <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a tag well, on AO3. Well, oh, we, we, Teenage we girl on the internet. Yes. <laughs> I'm seeking Slash. <laughs> Looking for some Slash. Or also me when I go to, uh, when I went to a video store in the 90s. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. How many uh, how many Friday the Thirteenth do you have? I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, slasher seeker. Okay. Yes. I was thinking the the musician slash is like wait, no what? that that was when I was trying to get uh, Guns N' Roses tickets also in the nineties. Uh, yes. I couldn't remember the band because I'm bad with bands. Aw. Also, I think by that time uh, they he had been replaced with the uh, with the mononymic Buckethead. <laughs> oh, okay. Buckethead, oh. I, I know of, but he's he's like a session musician, basically, who pops up in a lot of bands, I think. Yes, but he was in GNR for a while. Okay. Speaking of music, we're going to get a new tune in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice Menasaur music. Yeah, which is very Tron. Also, mm. we get a very nice, elaborate uh, transformation sequence for Motormaster. Yeah, so the, so they they do the the Autobots do indeed find uh, the Stunticons. Motormaster just tries to run them down in his vehicle mode, and kind of works. Yeah, and then they merge into Minasaur. Oh, <gasps> merge for the kill. And it's interesting that Bumblebee, like B Prime, <laughs> is kind of like Bumblebee, very awkwardly driving his teammates around his limbs. Yeah. Whereas Menasaur seems to be like a different guy. It's kind of a gestalt, but yes. like it, it's the same voice actor as Motormaster, right? It is the same, but he's doing a different voice. Yeah, it, yes. it's odd. It sounds smaller. It's weird. Mm. Like he has more bass as Motormaster when, yes. as the big guy, he has less. It, it's that's odd. But then again, I guess that's kind of like the original Motormaster or Menasaur too. Yes. Well, that was a weird voice. Well, I'm, I'm, Chief I'm, One Motor. Yeah. And, yeah, but uh, like yeah, so. he, he's sort of, yeah, he is sort of a merge of all five personalities. Maybe a little bit more Motormaster than anybody else. But he mm. also has a glitch tick every once in a while. Yes, like he can't hold himself together. And at one point he's just yelling at his own arms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As you do. Also, he calls them lug nuts at one point, which is a, a nice collective insult for your robot team. Well, and earlier he's also talking about them about uh, how he's uh, he's busting their ball bearings, <laughs> which is a little uh, more than I th a little closer to uh, uh, getting risque than I thought the show would get. Yeah, that's like a Beast Wars level of risque there. Oh, very much. <laughs> Also, there was a line very early when everybody was fighting where uh, the one who sounds like Dr. Smith oh, that's, called uh, another one a, or 
called yeah. another one a buffoon, and and the response was, "I'm going to hit you with a buffoon if you keep talking about that." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good good dialogue in this episode. Yes. But the official name of the combined form seems to literally be Ultra B Team Combiner. Yes. Uh, it's not good. On B's very, is, very insistent terminology there. It's it's a little I mean, I guess it seems like something that they might they might actually use. Cause sometimes you get names like that I mean not like that specifically, but you get situations where characters are declaring something to be named something that they would totally not name it. This is totally something that they would call it. This is true. Kind of, yeah, but it's also very, like, packaging logo. Yeah, yeah, listen, it's what's, it's what's on the box. We've got to call it that. Yeah. Especially Fix-It, because, again, Fix-It does read as a little autistic, yes. so he, he would like that kind of very form, but, like, very like, literal naming. It should be a better acronym, though. No. Like it, it, it's UBT something. That's only if Denny got involved. He would yes. have to make it a good acronym. So they, so he gets his sword stuck in the ground. The auto, the, uh, the the team says, "Hey, maybe we should try to combine and fight him." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. We just stay in our regular modes. We try and knock him down the side of this hill." But instead, they get knocked down the side of the hill, yep. and Bensor gets away. No, he, he doesn't just get away. He Hulk jumps away. Oh, yes. Like, from plateau to plateau. It was, it, I felt like I was transported to back to my childhood in the 80s reading Hulk comic books. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is familiar. Because they're in the middle of a desert. Yeah, somebody's about to get Sal Buscema punched. Oh, no. Where's Zach's? So yeah, he is headed towards uh, once again a a human military base, and there's a big satellite dish there. So that would be bad if he got that. Sure, presumably. Yes. I mean, it would be bad if he got the base. We don't know what the satellite dish is for yet, but oh, we will. We no. will learn. So we so will find we're, out. We're back at the scrapyard. Denny has put in some sort of replacement part into yes. fix its combiner doodad, and. It does not explode. Good news. I like it's, that there's a blender involved. Yes, yes, that is the main component, is a blender. Yes. Will it blend? <laughs> They're seeing if this will blend. Uh, so, you know, and we're heading for this base, and uh, yes, uh, this satellite dish is part of a meteor deflection system. Yay! And I believe you guys have signed to talk to me about this. <laughs> yes. It's a meteor rejector. Yes. Okay. It was, what was it, two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago now. Yeah. So, on, over on Mastodon, uh, where we are having a very nice little community. Our, our uh, little retro pizza that Jen hosts. Yes. Uh, it's actually, because you can communicate across servers, it's actually hosted by someone from a different server. Yeah. Uh, but the hashtag is Monsterdon. And every Sunday night, uh, we watch a different movie Usually along kaiju lines, uh, but yeah, occasionally... for, for a while it was mostly like Godzilla and Gamera, but we branched out to like 50s giant monster movies and The Tingler a couple of weeks ago. That one was... Yes. I forgot how handsome, like, young Vincent Price is. Damn. So handsome. Scream, scream for your lives. Yeah, that, that, that was a fun the t- Anyway. The, the Tingler is in the building. So a couple weeks ago, we watched, uh, basically we all get on at, on Sunday nights and watch a movie together. You know, everybody just hits play at the same yeah, time. Something that's on like Tubi or archive.org or whatever. And we discuss it with the hashtag. So we watched Planet of the Vampires. Which is uh, a movie I've wanted to see since I heard about it, but never got a chance to see. So I was really glad about this that week. Yes, it is a 1965 Italian-Spanish science fiction horror film. Uh, The visuals are amazing. Uh, Considering it has the most shoestring of budgets. Yes. uh, Also, a lot of distressingly tight leather outfits on everyone the whole time. Yeah. the important... So, the The reason why... (laughs) The reason why... The, so the, 
these people are on a spaceship uh, and they are having trouble because their meteor rejector is malfunctioning on the ship. Okay. This is apparently an important uh, function of the ship that deflects. You would think the word deflector might work better, but the yeah, people who were translating this into well, English were not. Su- supposedly, like, the story is based upon an sh- Italian short story, and it very, like, the basis, like, this technobabble device very much feels like an old short story device. Mm. Yeah, and, so and it's. Meteor Rejector is exactly what this thing is in this episode. <laughs> and it doesn't actually... It's it's funny, because for one thing, they just keep talking about it, because it's like the thing that malfunctions that strands them on this planet, so it's the thing that they need to fix at the end of the movie. It's the thing that dramatically gets destroyed. But it could have been any part of, like, any function of the ship. There's nothing specifically that has anything to do with rejecting meteors. Also, the fact that it's called Rejector. (laughs) It just sounds like it's just being mean. Yeah, it's just... Like, the the device, it's like, it, it's repelled by me. It repels meteors by repelling. I, re, I reject your existence. Meteors aren't here. They're not going to hit the ship now. I think the, the thing that gets me is that the word rejector would seem to imply that some meteors are accepted. <laughs> so it's just like, it selects which ones it's going to push away from the ship, and all others just, I don't know, get to hit the ship. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 a fun movie. It looks way better than it should. Consider like like the background stuff is like, oh, we had two two big styrofoam rocks from another movie. We just positioned them in different places in every shot, so it looked like it wasn't the same set. <laughs> but they just they keep talking about this very awkwardly worded, like techno babble thing that. It's just so once once I saw what the satellite dish in this did, I was like a meteor rejector. So that's a long digression. Come to Mastodon or the Retro Pizza. Join Monsterdon on Sundays and see Planet of the Vampires because it's like one third of the DNA of the Alien movie. It's it's very there is definitely a giant skeleton in it. Yes. There's definitely, like, finding the remains of a now-destroyed civilization, and yeah. it's it's visually very cool, even if the actual story is not great, very and basic. occasionally you get some really worded, weirdly worded English things, like the mm. meteor rejector. Yeah. Anyway, to the military base with no humans there. It's completely automated. Yes, like so many facilities on Robots in Disguise, it is totally automated. There are tanks coming at them, and then it's like... I Actually, in my notes, I was like, so are these fully automated tanks? And then, yes, they are fully automated tanks, which is not even how modern drone stuff works, because modern drone stuff is, like, remote operated. Yeah, like, it's very weird, especially since we had a previous military base episode where, uh, was it Springload stole a giant high-tech tank? Yeah, Springload and Quillfire. What is up with the American military in this setting? Like, but there why? were people on that base, not in this episode. It's very are there, some costs. Are there meteor rejectors set up like all over the planet? Like, you can't cover the entire Airplane. airspace of the planet. You're lucky to cover half. So you would have to have a, a network of a bunch of meteor rejectors. Or- or I guess it's like fuck Australia. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, colonies. I mean, maybe the other maybe the other meteor rejectors are on bases that have staffs. <laughs> so <laughs> for so this one, it's apparently those. totally automated. It's a lot more. It's a lot easier to steal. Yeah. Well, that, they don't seem to actually care about the meteor rejecting part of it. I think they just want to cause well, trouble. Well, Menasor maybe wants that. 
but like this, they're, the Stonicons are so stupid they think this satellite dish, yes, we can carry it around and it will reject Autobots for us. <laughs> There's a switch. <laughs> but, but like, oh yes, they just very easily get onto this military base. Oh, it feels like visiting a military base pre-9-11. Mm-hmm. Where I could just drive through the gate and no one would be there. Just walk on through, it's fine. Or, or at, at very least, it's like, are you going to visit someone? Yeah, I'm a dad. Okay, go through. <laughs> Take some snacks while you're there. That's why I was going there. Dad worked at the uh, commissary, whatever, the, the military food distribution on the... The mess. Got like all mess the all, snacks. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yes, he ran a, he ran a grease truck. Oh. Back when they still had those on Grease. the Grease. Or I, I forget what they actually called it, but like Chuck everybody wagon? else just calls it. Yeah, something. I don't know. I would like a grease truck. It was a food truck to me. Just want some grease. <laughs> so the, the Minnesota makes pretty short work of these tanks, but the, the Autobots are able to sneak in using the tanks as cover. Yeah, just walking behind. Well, yes. Eventually, the co- Bumblebee comes up with a plan because Sideswipe just oh, let's just walk around the fence on the outside and go the other way. It's like no. And now Fixit has arrived with a uh, with with the equipment driving a truck because I guess Fixit can drive? Question mark. I mean, he's got he's, little hands. I don't know does how he does hands. the pedals. pedals but, oh. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I assume you're going to see that like he had he had wrestled down there or something. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Denny has, like, rigged up a an old truck to work, like, the way that they uh, have it for, like, uh, paraplegic people mm. to drive. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Muppet movie. Maybe that, too. <laughs> Maybe like that, too. I mean, fix it is kind of, fix it is, like, a third of the way to being a Muppet. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, but, but he can't drive a, a bicycle in a Muppet movie. Well, no. That would be very difficult. Hmm. He doesn't even have little flippers to tie to the pedals and do some of the most amazing shots ever filmed. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, where are we? So so they need to get into the base because to power this equipment, they need to plug it into the Meteor Rejector's power plant. Hmm. So they they use these tanks to cover. They get in, and then they, they start hooking up to the equipment... And putting their doofy uh, colander helmets on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Tinfoil hats. They turn it on and boom, they merge into the Ultra B combiner system in stores now. <laughs> <laughs> By me. Two cell toys. They do manage to punch out Menasaur, but unfortunately, they then try to kick him and they can't because Grimlock can't see where he's kicking. Yes. Well, yeah, they only have their three moves of doom. Yes. And also, they've, they've, he has a pretty good line here where he tells Menasaur to surrender in peace or in pieces. Also, Strongarm. Strongarm stands up to Bumblebee. Tells yes. him he's got to stop being such a jerk. Yes, listen, you, you know I love rules, so this is coming from me. Yeah, maybe that's why they chose to have her oh, tell exactly. them. Because, it, because it's, if, it's, uh, if it's Sideswipe, he's just... Uh, He's just being sideswiped, and if it's Drift, he's just uh, angry because it's him who's being given orders. Yes. And if it's Grimlock, it will probably come out wrong. Yes. Mm. So they had to have Strongarm give B a a talking to about how he needed to calm the fuck down. Yes. It was mm. very touching. Mm-hmm. She's a good girl. But yeah, this is a very interesting way to do combiners. Yes. Just having them, because I feel like G1 did not want to address, like, what the hell is going on with these five consciousnesses being combined into yeah, one guy. I, and That's why I kind of like G1, where, where it's like, it, it's just a merged personality, the result of the common denominator of all of them together. I mean, unless you're going to IDW and, like, the Combaticons there and the weird shit. Yes. I like when they have to, like, learn to work as a team. Mm. Power of friendship. I like when it's the power of friendship. I mean, that's nice. I'm I'm still bothered by how they combine and it feels more like Power Rangers style. 
Yeah, I can see that. Like mechanically? Like Grimlock is just a frog who becomes the legs? Yes. It should be like Gal Gygar. Everything should be like Gal Gygar. What? Well, then you're going to have to run a train through Bumblebee? Wait, that yes. sounds bad. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I like Gal Gygar. So yeah, they they are having trouble, uh, you know, getting doing anything beyond the the three moves they knew how to know how to do, but they are able to uh, to uh, to smack Menasaur around a little, and then they come up with a plan to uh, to use this satellite dish and then to meteor reject Menasaur, making it into a Menasaur rejector. <laughs> it's rejected, and so he just uh, ends up blasting off again, a la Team Rocket. Yep. Yes. And once again, the Stunticons get away. Like, they can never catch even one of them. No. Because, well, I guess if you caught one of them, then you would no longer be able to do the combiner thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd have to go find a new buddy. Yeah. So, you know, the the human... The, uh... Finally, the military seems to have noticed that somebody seems to have invaded their automated base. And oh, no. they start arriving... So- so Fixit goes to unplug his thing, and oh, oh no, my <gasps> equipment was already unplugged. <gasps> what does this mean? That they it combined the, all on their own. It means the real combining power was inside you all along. <laughs> it was the power of friendship. Yes. Yeah, they try to figure out how, uh, how this happened, and uh, yeah, it, it does indeed seem that the power of friendship was inside them all along. Yay! I love it when that happens. And that is the end of Combine and Conquer. This was, this was a pretty enjoyable one. I mean, it, it's interesting to see B be a total dick for a little while. Yeah, like yeah. I, I said, I thought the Combiner some, fights were cool. It's got hmm. some good dialogue. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, if the meteor rejector was actually a reference, or if that was just a coincidence. Well, they wait. What do they? Do they actually call that in the episode? No, they do not. I don't think so. It's like they, a meteor deflection system or something. It, it just hit us because it just happened that we saw that movie. But it's exactly the same concept, which is weird. And everyone, of course, absolutely fixated on the meteor rejector during the Monster Dawn conversation oh, yeah. because it's just so awkwardly named. <laughs> and well, they keep talking about it. Well, that, that, that's how often happens, like like how they call giant bats birds or other nonsense. It's like, we fixate on one thing, but this was like, meteor rejector, wait, what? And they kept coming back to it because it was the MacGuffin, so. About how reptiles are a kind of snake. Yes. <laughs> or, or how the tingler works. Yes. <laughs> well, until there was the one scene with color, which that was great to see so many people. That was That amazing. scene is fantastic. Yes. It was, so yes good. it was nice to know. It's like, because I kind of forgot that scene was there. So good. Because I haven't seen that movie in decades. Yeah. But a lot okay, of people Rich? did not know it was coming. Anyways, yes. Good. Plugging our Mastodon again. But yeah, this was a fine episode. That Sorry. is a coughing cat. Yeah, oh, Reef is now. Somebody got a hairball. Maybe we'll see. Oh, I think All he right, so that, swallowed it. So that now, <laughs> so that now brings us then to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on one, two, three, four, five, five man, dangerous mother. Oh. The Yellow Ranger is having dreams which turn into nightmares about, as the helpful on-screen for the hearing impaired thing says, Kung Fu Army yelling. (laughs) Okay. As as some some monsters... Ominous music intensifies. Well, basically just some stuntmen in masks are are attacking a woman who turns out to be look exactly like uh, all the five man's mother... Uh, what's her name? Midori or something? As she's running through a, a shrine graveyard thing. And, and then uh, Yellow wakes up and, and like tells her brothers and sisters, like, this happened. It's like, yeah, whatever. And then cut to the next scene where she's in a shrine cemetery with tanuki statues. You don't see their giant balls, thankfully. Aww. And, and 
there is there's a woman screaming and it is her mother in the spacesuit she was in 20 years ago when she last saw her oh well she didn't really see her because yellow was a baby at the time and there's these kung fu monsters chasing her uh oh and then yellow's trying to get to her mother and and somehow gets caught by bear traps like there are bear traps there it's very weird anyway Cue the uh, seeing uh, the zone bad guys and, and the monster of the week that's half Tanuki, half I'm not sure. I, maybe Kitsune? Like one half is very obviously Tanuki, raccoon dog. And the other half is like if a Kitsune was made out of blue metal, I guess. Like a fox so monster. So it's like so it's like bifurcated. So it's like yeah. not just traits of both, but just literally half. Yeah, the, the monsters now, the upgraded monsters, are just two monsters glued together in the middle so far. Presumably mm-hmm. they're going to do some more interesting how they combine, other than it just looks like they cut two suits in half and glued them together. But from this point forward, they're designed to be one half monster. Uh-huh. Anyway, the, the power of this monster is, well, Tanuki's, they create illusions. So this monster makes illusions, but instead of like, Converting its ball, giant ball sack into like a kite or something, it just creates illusions, illusions other people could see of a mother, a kung fu army, and itself, and, and its commander, like just punching the yellow ranger and throwing bear traps for some reason. It, it's odd. But anyway, uh, oh, where, where's thing? Brain notes. I've already. Anyway, the the the, the rangers come to the rescue because they're rescue rangers and save yellow. Oh. And and there's a tearful reunion with Illusion Mom, where okay. they all see it. It's like it's like oh, and you and my little baby, and you must be whatever the Black Ranger's name, and who was who was also a baby, and and it's all very sad and, and the music. And then we cut to the Tanuki and the bad guys in like, well. Presumably, it's it's the transport car that they are. Uh, oh, what do you call um, So she's trailer. everyone's mom. Well, yes, because they're a family. They're they're five men. They're brothers and sisters. Uh, they're all related. Okay. I, I think I mentioned that before, but maybe it doesn't come up in a while. But yes, they're they're all siblings who are teachers, and they lost their parents twenty years ago on an alien planet that was attacked by the bad guys. Sure, that sounds like a normal thing to have happen. And Red, as a small boy, shot one of the main bad guys in the face. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and Black has like, or is it blue? One of the, no, I think it's blue, has like a jacket that, that has like English words on the back, and I hadn't gotten a good shot in previous episodes. But this time I did it, it says Octopus Armies. Sure. Okay. Jacket, I, the it's fun to spot weird English in, in old Tokusatsu. Uh-huh. Anyway, but but the, as the rangers are talking, because, like, the monsters grabbed Mom again and ran away, and the rangers are back at Betis, it's like, shouldn't Mom look, like, 20 years older? It's been a while. She looks exactly the same, and is still wearing the same spacesuit we last saw her in. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure there's nothing mysterious going on. But Yellow's like, no, it's mom. It's totally mom. I have to go find mom and goes out and, and, and then the, we cut to the bad guys again. And it's because the Tanuki has been watching films that somehow the bad guys have of like their mom in the past when they attacked the base, I guess. And then he's watching the film projector in their transport truck, where which is presumably where they drag the monster suits to set. It's like let's go, let's go to the rock quarry. Everybody, get in the truck. Everybody, got the truck. Time for the truck. Time for the rock quarry. <laughs> and 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 there's a shot where the Tanuki is dancing in front of the projector, and we see a silhouette of him dancing against the screen, and and swinging between his legs, we see his tail. It must be his tail. He's a tanuki. What else could it possibly be? But I didn't expect that shot. <laughs> you were not ready for that shot. You were not okay with that shot. I, I, I mean, I got a laugh out of it. I just didn't think it was coming. I mean, they're more, I don't know, open with small child boy genitals over yes. there. 
Or as we have seen that one commercial with the Tanuki costume for I don't even know what, but I've seen that a bunch. Anyway, where was I? Oh, the illusions are dispelled because they realize, oh, that can't be our mom. So we finally have a real fight. And and Yellow runs to the truck and, and throws it open and confronts the Tanuki monster. And at this point, like... Like, there's actual more footage than what they had. Like, there's a shot of mom being dragged away to, like, a prison camp or something, maybe? It's only a couple seconds, but it's a shot that wasn't in the original episode when when then happened 20 years ago. It's like, okay, so mom's still alive somewhere and was captured, maybe? But there's no evidence as to where she is now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again with more bear traps, yellow fights the Tanuki. They use the super five ball dodgeball attack from last episode. I guess that's a regular thing now. I thought it was just a one off gag reference to older Sentai. But they they destroy the Tanuki. He grows big and he creates like giant robot sized scaled bowls of noodles. Ooh. One in both hands, and then the noodles jump out and attack the Zord. This sounds and great. It was very weird. It's like, why does he... I mean, I feel like... I mean... I'm missing some cultural reference, I guess, about Tanuki's loving noodles. Because, <laughs> like, they just knock the bowls out of his hands, and then he's trying to pick up the noodles off the ground, and then they just pull out the sword and kill the giant monster. Aww. It's like, okay. <laughs> Poor giant monster. So uh, the day is saved. They know their mom's alive, probably, or was after she was kidnapped or presumably killed 20 years ago. So she was alive like 18 years ago, maybe. Uh It was it was an interesting episode. It's always nice to see Tanuki pop up in Tokusatsu because illusion powers. That's (laughs) always fun. Although I didn't expect like big swinging between the legs visual gag. Oh, you should always expect that with a Tanuki. I mean, I should have, yes. I just didn't think it was gonna happen. You just didn't think they were gonna go there? No. And then they did. Then they did. But, oh, are there molded balls on the Tanuki Transformer? I can't remember. There are certain like leg ball joints. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah, I was gonna say they're like part of they're like transformation ball joints, but but yes. Oh, Heinrad, that was his name. Yes. Which sounds like a German name. The fuck, <laughs> Heinrad is a Tanuki. I think it also. I mean, of course, also sometimes got translated as Heinlad. Hmm. That's still weird because the Hein. Hein is very Germanic feeling, the way it's spelled in mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he does have... Well, he he has very short legs, so the bottom of the watch is kind of ballish. Mm-hmm. All right, so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, we are... Uh, we are on Mastodon, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on un- IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. Uh, for the month of July, we have watched a a classic of lost cinema. Yes. Uh, no, actually, we watched the Gen 13 movie, uh, which was so barely released that I didn't even realize it was barely released. I just figured nobody cared about it. Uh, but it it does somehow manage to have a voice cast that includes both Mark Hamill and John Delancey, uh, as well as uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea. Uh, so lots of fun talking about that, talking about comics in the 90s in general. Uh, and yeah, that is over on Patreon. Uh, for August, we will probably be crying about animals with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes, probably. Having lots of feelings. Also, in my case, 
just liking Nebula a lot. She's the best. Alright, so until next time, when we get flown to the moon, I'm Rob. To the moon! I'm Jen. <laughs> what, what lies on the moon? Is it vampires? Huh? Maybe. Moon vampires. Space vampires. And and my name is not Italian, it's David. Actually, wait, what? I guess there probably are Italians named David. Yeah, the Roman name and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's because it's a Jewish name, David and Goliath, you know, it's a thing. I I know of the statue. I have seen that penis many times. Because of my name. <laughs> yes. Well, it it has been building, but it's been really slowly percolating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we must look at it from more than one angle. In cross shots, or I guess it would be cross shots, whatever it's called, juxtaposition, when two characters are having a conversation and it's kind of the same conversation in two different places. <laughs> it, it was a nice start. Okay, tubes. Tobes. <laughs> well, it, it could be French, it could be Guy Tobe. Or what would be French? What letters would they leave out in French? Oh. Well, you sound basically the same, but okay. Oh, now it sounds weird. Oh. Oh, oh, it was recording the wrong one. Okay. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, that's not good. It, 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 other than when you were fiddling, it sounded okay throughout the whole thing. And yes, <coughs> restart or <laughs> smack a cat. <laughs> uh, well, we could stop and restart right here to make sure you or yeah or at least you stop and restart and make a new file whereas I'm just going to keep it running and I'll just edit it when we get there Oh, okay, well then we'll just restart. (laughs) Well, at least you caught it now. Hmm. We only lost about five minutes. Okay, ready to go. Three. Two. Just keep going. I'm keeping going. (laughs) Rob, I don't care what you do because I can, I'm just I'm not stopping my recording. I'm just going to chop the beginning off. I just need Jen to start again. Is always check your audio settings. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Record. <laughs>